we pray in the name of Jesus that the healing power of God will touch them now in the name of Jesus. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. I just want to say to us, please, if you come to church on Sunday and you feel there's a need, you want hands to be laid on you, you can see me, see any of the ministers or see the prayer department. Amen. So they are going to lay hands on you and command any affliction over your body. They command it to leave. Okay? So please don't take it for granted. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So you either see me if I'm too engaged, see the minister or any of the prayer department, any of the prayer folks. Or you can see yourself pastors too. Praise God. Hebrews 2 verse, Hebrews and chapter 2 Hebrews and chapter 2. Let's open our Bibles to verse. We're going to take a leap, a leap from verse 9. Say, I'm born of God. Say, the life of God is at work in me. All right. Hebrews and chapter 2, verse 9. The Bible says we see Jesus who was made, who was made a little lower than angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. So I'm going to start a series today on death, understanding death, life after death, the promise of life. Amen. So we are looking at a series, we are doing a series around those. So we won't end this Sunday. So I want to enjoy all of us. I want to beg us to be part of this series. Amen. Understanding death, uh, life after death, the promise of life. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, few informations that surrounds death from the scriptures. Amen. <laughs> so that we can understand how things, to an extent, how things works. And how things work, rather, and what is at work in you as a believer. Amen. Praise God. So, he said, the Bible says, Jesus was made a little lower than angels, that he can taste death for every man. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 14, look at what he says. He says, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, um, he also himself likewise took part of the same. That through death, he might destroy him that has the power of death. That is what? So who has the power of death now? According to the scripture. So the Bible says, uh, the, Bible says the, the children whom he wants to redeem, or so to say, because they are flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same. So he became flesh and blood, so that through death, he might destroy him, that has the power of death. And he was speaking of the devil. Praise God. Hallelujah. He might destroy him that has what? The power of death. And he says, the person who has the power of death is who? The devil. So we're looking at that. So first and foremost, you know, because, you know, anytime people will look at death, you know, dying, you know, the death and death thing, we always, uh, we are all too quick we always look at God, okay? We always look, look at God, look at God, okay? You know, but the Bible says Jesus partook of flesh and blood that he might destroy him that has the power of death. 
And who had the power of death from the scripture we read now? The devil. So the power of life, it is God that has the power of life. So to say, he's not what an opposite. But, you know, the devil, like I told you, the devil is not opposite of God. That's too competitive. Too competitive. That's disrespectful. That's what we say to us, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, in a way, structurally, okay, okay, I don't want to go there. Let me just not go there. But it's just too much for the devil to be an opposite of God. Hey, Amen. Okay, maybe, okay, let me just say, you know, maybe just give some of us an assignment. You know, when we say, well, you know, the devil was, you know, uh, you know, I've said it, I've always said this several times. I've been saying this right from time for the past 13 years. Oh no, not 15 years. You know, you know, the concept of the fact that, you know, devil taught in his heart to put his throne above God. Okay? And, you know, and when he was thinking in his heart to put his, to put his throne above God, then God has said, ah, ah, he has lifted his heart above me. So I will cast you down. To be honest with you, okay, that narrative is, is, is implied. That narrative is implied. Yeah, it's implied, but it is not stated like that. It is implied. For example, implied that, oh, you know, this person, you know, set, you know, use the word Lucifer, okay? So, you know, we're looking at Isaiah 14. I'm not going there. That's not today's message. Isaiah 14 says, you know, you know he set up his heart, you know, put his above God and all those things. Uh, you see, that is, that is, uh, this is not the message, but this is just, it's too much. It's too, it is a person you know is thrown. That you have, you plan to plan a coup. For, for example, I can decide to play. people who plan coup. Okay, they go to the office of the the president and shoot the aide. Okay, and they install themselves. So someone that you don't even know is strong. You don't know the Bible. Where when the Bible describes his throne, you know, in the, in Revelation, the Bible talks about lightning and thunder, twenty-four elders, everything there. Lamb as was slain. So, and the Bible said God dwells in a light, which no man can approach. He dwells in a light which no man can approach. He is before all things. By him all things consist. He is before all things. He's nothing. You know, when the Bible says, heaven is my throne, that is my footstool. It is also implication. It's not as if well, there's a particular, the entire heaven is a place of authority. That's what it means. Heaven is my throne, that is my footstool. You know, if you look at it clearly, okay, heaven is my throne, that is my footstool. It's not as if maybe there's one seat in heaven, physical seat, then we are seeing his leg on earth. At least we have not seen his leg on earth. I mean physically. So if you have not seen his leg physically on earth, then you can, by implication, knows that his bottom is not in heaven. You understand what I'm trying to say? What I'm trying to say, the Bible says in the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth. So the one who creates the heavens and the earth, he can't be in the heaven that was creating. He's outside of heaven and earth that he was creating. So God is in eternity. So you can say, well, God dwells in heaven. That's why, well, that's why it's a big deal. When the Bible says, greater is it that is in us, that God lives in man. He said, where, where is the house that you build unto me? He said, my hands have made all these things. He said, but to this man will I look. This man with a contrite heart. So now, the Bible, Jesus says, he said, if anyone will receive me, he said, we will, believe, we will follow my commandment, we will love me. He said, how my father will come and make our abode in him. That's too heavy. That's why the new creation is an envy. It is that I will come and dwell inside monkey, inside snake. Even angels don't have such privilege. You now say, just imagine such, such a creator, sovereign God. You now say, well, I, you know, in my mind, I want to exalt my throne above him. The, 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 the highest 
devil can attempt is to go after his creation. And that was Adam. To go, because that's what you could see. Adam is created after his image of like that. He's to go after him. And if you read Isaiah 14, he was talking about king of Babylon. He was saying the king somewhere, I am now, 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 I have acquired all these things. Now I will now exalt myself above God. And we saw what happened even to the other ones that were saying, well, we are God. I'm God. There's no like me. They became a beast. The guy became a beast for seven years. And also, I'm it, is, it is in his lip. It is in his lip. Because you can't know. If, for example, now you can plant or even plan, you can plan a coup against me here. Yeah. That's my office there. You can plan a coup. How you gonna try to say yeah? You you can you can join politics and decide where this person will not be president. You, God is not your mate. God is not a mate. The Bible says when Paul said Paul said now unto the King eternal, immortal. He said the only wise God, the only you don't get it. He's the creator of all things. You see, when the Bible described in Hebrews 4, the Bible says, when the Bible says, he said, he said, for the, he talks about the word of God. He said, he's a discerner of thoughts. He said, the intent of the heart, he knows it. In other words, before you pre-think, before you pre-think, God knows your, that, see, God does not, like I told us, God does not know all these things by experience. Amen. God does not function by experience. We are still going... We are still going to the message. We are looking at death. But it doesn't first establish the sovereignty of God so that we can see clearly. God does not function by experience. Okay, for example now, 2 plus 2 is what? You know why you know 2 plus 2 is 4? Because you have experienced it. You have done it. You did it in the kindergarten. 1, 1, 1, plus 1, 1, 1, 2, 3, 4. So, by experience, you have arrived at the fact that 2 plus 2 is 4. Sometimes you have done, you know yourself, you have done certain mathematics to a point that Especially when I was doing GEC, all those high school days. That when you see the question, you know the answer. You just, you know, because you have seen it before. Because you have read it. God does not function by experience. Like he has gone through it. No. He, because he is eternal, he is across time, across space. So he is there. He, know, he knows things, not by experience, but by virtue of his sovereignty. So when you say, well, God knows this is the end of the, God knows this world with the outcome. Or oh, this person, this world is going to become of this person. God knows that what this world is going to be. God knows because God is there in the future. He said, I am he that was and is, and is to come. That statement is, it means that, he said, I am he that was. So, I am he that is, I am he what? That is to come. It means that currently, on the, <clears throat> what's the time? 10 minutes to 1. On the, what's the date? What's today's date? 18. At this very second, God is in 10 years from now. God is in 50 years from now. At this present, at this present time, God is in 2,000 years ago. So, God is across time. I mean, because time, we told us time is an interruption in eternity. Time is just like in eternity. So God is all in all. Amen. Amen. You've got to understand the womb, the person to whom we worship. Ah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God is God and there is none above him. There is nobody else. You cannot, you cannot think it. You cannot, you cannot. If you, the psalmist said, if I go to hell to lay my bed in there, he said, uh, he knows my thoughts, he's there. 
You can't, there's no way. That's why I used to tell some of us that there's no need for you to, to you know, for some of you that you, you mess up. After messing up, you just, you know, you mess up and just, you have got to become proud. And like, you know, like you are invisible. If you have messed up, it's to say, simple, just be transparent before God. Uh, he knows all, to, you know. Father, I see, I come before you, humble my heart. I'm broken, Lord, yes. With your tears, Lord, I repent. Because he knows that, you know, when you say, he said, Adam, where are you? It's not his affair. He just needs accountability from him. That's it. Where are you? Say, I heard your voice and I was, aha. Who told you you were naked? He, he was investigating his thoughts process. Amen. Well, our message is concerning debt, understanding debt. So all this one that we just did is just, just to, you know, introduction. If Genesis, let's go to Genesis first. Genesis. Hallelujah. So sometimes we make it look like, oh, God is an opposite of, Satan is opposite of God. No, no, no. It's not what an opposite. Opposite means that they are in the same level. It's just that this one is just anti, vice. You understand what he say? <laughs> you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, uh, uh, faith without work is dead. Yeah? He says, uh, the devil believes God. And what? He trembles. <laughs> he believed. The, the devil believes God. In his believing God, he's trembling. It, it's, not, it's not a plan. You cannot plan it to set up a coup. The ones that are setting up coups are kings, earthly kings. They are the ones feeling that they are too much. Herod did it. Herod felt it's too much. It's earthly kings now. Earthly kings. It's all the empires that are changing in Daniel's vision. We're earthly kings. All the kings, they feel that they are invisible. We want to take over the world. It's earthly king. It's man. It's man that is the truth. The devil uses the instrumentality of man to echo intents. Are we together, everybody here? I'm born of God. I'm born of God. And what I'm saying that so that you can understand that even that heavy concept. When you say, I'm a child, <laughs> I'm a child of God. You know what that means? I'm a child. That's why he said, he said, he said, you are of God. Little children. He said, and he said something, he said, and you have overcome them. He said, because what? Greater is he that is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's why it's always challenging for me to say God is all you are you gonna try to say yeah? I'm not saying it's not no. I mean anybody people, some people have been expressed. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the elephant has swallowed the elephant. No, that's too condescending. That is too condescending. That's very condescending. If you want to make it simple, just say the only wise God, eternal father, 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 I father himself. Is above all. Hallelujah. He's the giver of life. Hey, he is the giver of life. So that's why the guy said, the psalmist said, he said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? As in, in all your greatness, you decided to be him. To come down and be him. Because it was not only, it's an angel fell. Well, he didn't become angel. He became us. Hallelujah. See. Okay, let's just do this. Genesis. Genesis and chapter. Let's just start from chapter 2. Where is 16? Genesis 2, 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, 
but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou shalt eat thereof, thou shalt what? Thou will surely, another version say, you will certainly die. Amen. There's a version, a faithful version says, for in the day that you eat of it, in dying you will die. In fact, that word, that shall surely die. The word die there, the Hebrew word by extension is, in dying you will die. It means that you can't escape. He said in the day. So you see the, you see the origin of death. It's simple. He said in the day. He told man, he said, this is the first time we'll be seeing death even appear in the scriptures. He said, he told man, he said, in the day you eat out of this tree, in that day you shall surely die. He said, well, he died spiritually, he died physically, all those things. He died. Amen. He shall died. Both spiritual, physical, he died. The what happens is that it's just that in the physical you are seeing the manifestation taking time. But we are seeing all kinds of things happening around him. The death, you know, sickness, all kinds of, you know, figurative uh, reference to death were happening to him. His understanding condescended. You understand what he said here? He said in the day, you eat out of this tree. In that day you shall surely die. If you read Genesis well, praise God, are we together? If you read Genesis, you will not see much of all the details. But let's go to Romans. So, by the way, Adam ate the fruit. <laughs> so, we don't want to go there because of uh, our time. Romans. Praise God. Romans in chapter 5. So, Adam ate it. God told him, you know, uh, we know because it's not an apple. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God told him the day he eat out of this fruit, the tree of fruit of tree of knowledge of good and evil, not an apple. Okay, is it's uh, Amen. It is Moses' vision. Genesis. That's why the the Bible is not an encyclopedia. It's not so the entire book of Genesis is. Relatively a vision. It is a vision. So, and because Genesis, I mean, Moses wrote Genesis in the beginning, it was not there. So, Moses have a call up in the spirit. So, the explanation of what Adam, God's presentation to Adam between life and death was what Moses described in his vision as tree of knowledge of good and evil. Are you going to try to say and tree of life. Because Jesus, by extension, explained that. That I am the way, the truth, and the life. So in other words, even in the beginning, Adam was presented with the gospel. I am trying to say yeah. So it's just, in Moses' explanation, he explained it in his writing, he explained it in the vision as this. Okay? So it's not as if where there's one tree, you know, there are plenty of trees, apple, purple, and everything, because you won't see all those things. Just look at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A tree that a tree that is fruit is knowledge of good and evil. So it's not something that you pluck technically. It's not an apple. So we will not because you will not the, by extension when when a choice when it was mentioned again we saw it in Romans five. Go there Romans five. Go to our time. Verse twelve. He said, "Wherefore, as by one man what sin entered the world and death by sin. So death. So what?" Death pass upon all men, for that all have sinned. So, this explains what happened in Genesis, in summary. 
that by one man, sin entered into the world. So this tells us that sin does not originate from God. Are we together, everybody? Sin originates from man. The Bible said there's loss. When loss is conceived, it becomes sin. And when sin is completed, it becomes death. Okay, are we together, everybody? All right, so let's keep reading because of my time. I just, I'm trying to lay that foundation, but that's actually not where I'm going. He said, wherefore, as by one man sin entered, and death what? Death came by sin, and death passed upon how many men? All men. All men. Death passed upon all men. So anyone that is born of man, because of Adam, has death, that reign of death in their body. Okay. It's not a good news. But, but that's what happens through Adam. Are we together here? So we saw by, by Adam being a progenitor, we see all his generation were appointed unto corporal death, both physical and spiritual. Now when Jesus came, we received and we receive redemption in our spirit. And that's why, you know, you know we, we know this by extension. We should be establishing this. That when a man receives Jesus, so Jesus said this, Jesus. Okay, listen, listen. Everybody. Are you following everybody? So here comes Jesus and says this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John, 10, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not what? Perish, but have what? Eternal life. So, the word eternal there is just an adjective. It just qualifies that life. So what happens is that whoever believes him receives what? Life. Praise God. If you believe him, you receive life. So say I'm a believer. I can hear you say I'm a believer. So therefore I have life. So if you are a believer, yeah, you can say that. Okay, but if you're not a believer, maybe by the end of this message, or because of the message, you will be believing. Amen. So, but, but this is it. So as a believer... We have life. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him, he said, should not perish, but have life. He didn't say, should not perish and will have. He didn't say, will have. He has life. So when you are believing, the day you believe Jesus, that day, eternal life was installed in your spirit. Don't forget what we said earlier, that by death reign, pass upon all men, death reign on all men, through Adam. But here comes Jesus bringing life to men's spirit. So through Adam, people receive impartation of sin in their spirit, also in their body, death in dying, men were dying. But when Jesus came, he brought life. The Bible said the first Adam, he said, was made a living soul. But the last Adam, the man Jesus, he said, is a quickening spirit. is a life-giving spirit. Are we together here? He gives spirit. If Jesus says, he said, the thief come not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So Jesus came. So that's another adjective. Abundantly. It's different from even eternal. So you know, in other words, the life we receive is both eternal and it's also abundant. Are we together, everybody here? So you receive life in your spirit. The same life in God. The same life that God has. That's what Jesus brought. The Bible says, he that, he that has the Son has life. The life of God is in your spirit. The Bible calls this incorruptible seed of God. It's in your spirit. Huh. So look at this now. The one who has believed the gospel has life in his spirit and yet in his body. Huh. 
Subject to corporal death. So look at it, Romans. Amen. Amen. Romans 8, quickly. Romans and chapter 8. We're reading verse 10. Romans 8, 10. It says, if Christ be in you, say Christ is in me. So Christ is in you indeed. How did Christ, you know, you know, look at it. So what is the science behind Christ being in us? It's simple. Through the gospel. The Bible says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That's how I used to tell us that. See, when you say, uh, when you tell somebody, say, tell somebody like, say, uh, look at me now. I have car. Look at me now. I used to suffer. Ten years ago, I was suffering. I was suffering. But after I gave my offering, which is not, I'm not against offering, I'm saying, you know, which, after I gave offering, after I, uh, and I have car. I believe Jesus, I have car. So this can be your testimony too. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Amen. That's not the gospel. Amen. That's not the gospel. The gospel is concerning how Jesus died for our sins. It's concerning a redeemer. Somebody say redeemer. That should have been the, the first point of my message today. Redeemer. Redeemer. Someone, you know. Okay, Timothy, put your hands there. We're supposed to read 10, yeah? So put your hands in 10 and go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. Amen. Glory to God. This is going to liberate you. It's going to do that. You know, it's going to set poof. Some things out of your spirit. Out of your soul. And cause some rains of junks. Amen. Romans 10. Romans 10 says this. He says, verse, uh, sorry, sorry. First Timothy 2, verse 3. Huh. In nomine filia spiritus santos. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. First Timothy in chapter 2. He said, for this is good and acceptable, verse 3. I'm reading verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. We will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself what? A ransom for all to be testified in due time. My way I'm going is that word ransom. So God gave, Jesus gave himself a ransom. So ransom is what? Ransom is a price paid to redeem somebody. So Jesus, the Bible calls him our redeemer. He is our redeemer. So he is both the redeemer and he's also the ransom. So he's the price paid. He said, he said, he gave himself, who gave himself a ransom, a price paid for us all. So the ransom has been paid. Okay? So there is ransom. So Jesus already paid the ransom through his life, through his death. So the gospel carries the ransom. So when I come to, when you come to somebody, okay, and you bring the ransom to the person, how that God sent Jesus, Jesus gave himself for their sins, what you are presenting to the person is the gospel. The Bible says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said, you know, you remember the gospel I preach unto you, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, okay, was buried and raised from the dead after three days according to the scripture. So in other words, when you present the gospel with that content, you present power, and that person who hears it, the power transforms their life. The Holy Ghost carries the eternal life and imparts it on their spirits. And this is what happened again. Everybody look at, look at, look at, look at. Eternal life is not, is not 
It's not just life after death. No, no. In fact, by, by definition, it is both life before any corporal death. Amen. It's life before any corporal death, and even after corporal death, the life still continues. So in other words, eternal life actually doesn't have a beginning. Because if you have a beginning, you're already putting a time to it. Okay, the word, the concept of eternal means there's no time. Are you what I'm trying to say? When you say, well, eternal life will begin, you already say, ah, hell, he has a date. Are you what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. So we can say, we can say, the man who dies, who has received Jesus, for example, has eternal life in their spirit, and the eternal life has been there, so the person takes the life of God, receives in their spirit. Well, of course, when the person leaves the body, the person just becomes more aware of his eternal reality. It has been there all this while. It is that eternal reality that we are telling you about the authority you have in Christ Jesus, that you can talk in tongues, you can start demons, and you can do all those things. Are we together, everybody? Okay. But that's just by the way. Oh, what did I say? So, gave himself what? A ransom. So, Romans, let's go to our Romans again now. Romans. Romans chapter what? Yeah, look at it. Romans 8.10. He said, if Christ be in you, he said, Christ is in me. He said, if Christ be in you, the body is dead. He didn't say was dead. I used to tell people that. He didn't say was dead. He said, the body, if Christ is in you, this is a reality. If Christ is in you, no, this is not the earnest expectation of the creation. Amen. Yeah, of course, the earnest expectation of the creation always manifestation of some of them. I supposed to mention the scripture too. Yeah, in the spirit. Amen. If Christ be in you, what happens? The body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is alive because of righteousness that is imparted unto it. So, are you following me, everybody? When you receive Jesus, you receive the gift of righteousness. It's imparted to your spirit. So look at this dilemma now. In your body. In just no, just your body. One entity. The body is dead because of sin. Who sin? Because he said earlier, I said, death reign upon all men. Okay? He said, but the spirit is alive because of righteousness. The next verse now says, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the same spirit shall quicken your mortal body. So, in other words, the supply of the life will come from the spirit, from our spirit. So, this is it. The spirit is righteousness. It's alive because of righteousness. Okay, let me even say this to us. Amen. So this is it. Amen. This is the good news. Listen, listen, everybody. Everything that Jesus experienced, we will experience. Everything. Resurrection. Every believer must, not we, not uh, uh, maybe, every must experience resurrection. It is not, see, uh, it is not whether the, 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 the power at which resurrection will happen, okay, the degree at which it will happen, in fact, let me even tell you this, is not subject to how, many, how much time you have been fasting, okay? What, what you are doing, for example, when you are going to fast and pray, or you stay on God's word, you are doing all those things, you are doing some spiritual exercise, most of the thing, what you do is that sometimes you draw out from what will happen, you bring it now. Let me explain. So Jesus got to Lazarus' tomb. Okay? He got Lazarus' tomb. Lazarus! Right? Now before he got there, they said, ah, 
My brother will rise again. He said, no. He said, we know he will rise again on the resurrection day. So, I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. So he brought what will happen. He brought it to Lazarus at that time. But of course, Lazarus still died. Okay? Because Lazarus, even if Lazarus is away, he will still experience the main resurrection too. Are you going to try to say yeah? So, but he brought resurrection that will happen to all at once. He brought it to him in the presence. This is what we are trying to say. What this guy, what Paul, Apostle Paul was saying even in Romans chapter 8, verse 12, verse 11, it is the manifestations of the sons of God. I told us, see, the manifestation of the sons of God, are we together, everybody? The manifestations of the sons of God is not even working in oil complaint. I have told us this before. Now, if you walk in oil complaint, glory to God. Okay? Bless God. I mean, some, that, that's, some, that's some good stuff. That's some manifestations too. But just that even the, the unbelievers are also manifesting that. Amen. Okay. Praise God. So, you know, people say, well, ah, you know, that's time. Remember those yes? When we used to pray, yes. The next expectation of prayer, I went for the manifestation of God. So what I'm looking at as I'm praying that prayer, I'm looking at becoming a medical doctor. That I will manifest. Hey, but 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 by but by but that's not what Paul was talking. Look at it, look at it. Let's go there because of our time. Let's jump, let's jump. Okay, look at this, look at this. Mm. Okay, look at we're reading the team, yeah? No, 19. Look at it. For the endless expectation of the creatures, wait for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creatures was was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by the reason of him subject the same in hope. Verse 21, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain until now. Okay, the whole creation groans and travails in pain until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have received the first fruit of the Spirit. Where are you receiving in your spirit? Even we ourselves grow within ourselves, waiting for what? Your adoption. What is the adoption? The redemption of our body. So we are waiting for the redemption of our body. We are saying this. Okay, okay. Amen. Philippians 3.20. Go there quickly. Philippians 3.20. Philippians 3.20 says, Are you there? Uh, you're making me to open it. All right. Praise God. He said, For our conversation is in heaven. From whence we look for, for the Savior, the Lord Jesus. So, who shall change? Who shall, so, our conversation is in the heavenlies. Our interaction is in the heavenlies. Okay, from whence we look for our Savior, Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body. The body is dead because of sin. Who will change our vile body that it may be fashioned? Like unto his glorious body. So this is what we're trying to say. Every believer that has received Jesus has received eternal life and the spirit that will cause this change. Every believer, including my grandmother, including anyone, anyone that has believed Jesus, that for their sins, have received this oppression in their spirit. So they are waiting. He said the endless expectation of the creatures are waiting for the manifestation of the body. By extension, if you read that same context, in that same chapter, it says what they are waiting for is the redemption of their body. This is not, this is talking about a change where this mortality will put on immortality. 
But this is it. What will cause that to happen, everybody? What will cause that to happen? The Spirit of God. This Bible said the Spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead. Isn't it? He said Jesus was raised from the dead by the Spirit of God. So that same Spirit of God is in the life of the believing one. So that same Spirit of God is... In, is okay. Look here. A believer who is laid to rest. Like laid in the grave. It's not the same. Has anyone who is not a believer? It's not the same. This one is carrying in his spirit the resurrection power. So that's why we're looking at, as I said, the Bible says, victory will swallow death. It's not, it, victory will not be fighting with death. Victory is there before. Victory is coming to swallow death. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Amen? Okay. So, we're going somewhere now. So he says this. But this is it. Even while we wait for the coming of Jesus and the change of our body, which is the manifestation of the sons of God, there's an oppression that's at work in us now that we can even bring then. You can bring it to now. And use it to attend to some things in your body. For example, that's why you say, some, for example, somebody, you're having symptoms in your body, and you lock yourself, and you are trying to steal the spirit. What you are doing is that you are bringing, it is faith. You are dragging, you are collapsing time. It's faith that collapses time. That's what I was telling us about in Joel. Remember when I was talking about Joel? When in, in the book of Acts, when Peter stood up, Peter said, this is that that was spoken by prophet Joel. So he brought that time now. So it Faith collapsed time. So in other words, like the same way Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. It is true there's a day, but I am the resurrection of life. It collapsed time, bring in now. So the same way, even your body, you can also do the same operation. Are we together? Are you kind of trying to say, yeah. But it's a weight. It's a weight of his glory. It's a weight of his glory. Ah, look at this. Let me even say this because very important. This is also we encourage some of us. Yeah. Amen. The believer has a victory over death through Jesus Christ. That's why it's heavy to even say a believer died. It's actually heavy. But they still use that phrase. It's like the dead in Christ. So it's not as if when you, you say uh, a believer died. It's not as if you are out of point. But, you know, just by extension, you can, you know, you can stress it further. Amen. You can say, they say, you know, you know the concept of rest in peace. When you say rest in peace, it's a church concept. It started in the 18th century, around third century, 18th century, there about between that period. It's a church concept. It, of course, now it's, it's not a you no, know, it's a good tweet. Even the one that is not born again, rest in peace. It's not resting in peace. But but no, but the truth is that by, by no, the truth is that by virtue of by virtue of you know closure and for the living, closure for the living, and for the ones that are seen, at least we are functioning with time. I mean, we trend. You can say rest in peace, but it's not, but there's no old power. The power of resting in peace is the spirit of God that resides in the believing one. Are you going to try to say yeah? It's not a, it's not a quotation. Yeah, anyone can quote it. I'm, no, I'm not saying don't quote it. You, if you, even if you are quoting it, the power that backs it up. Don't forget there. He said, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Which indeed is in you. That, that same spirit will quicken your mortal body. He will quicken my mother by the ability, the power, the workings of the spirit in you. Look at everybody. You know what's the way? 
let me even, let, let, let just encourage some of us here, you know, because we, many of us say, well, ah, pastor, we prayed. Ha, ah, our brother, eh, brother Sam, we prayed, we prayed, we prayed. I love it. What a church to pastor. Hi, hi, hi. I'm serious. This church. See, let me say, this church, this love dominion. If you know, if you have not eaten well, if you have not eaten the word well, you cannot pastor. If the, the Bible, God told us, God said, the least shall be a giant. Are you trying to say, yeah? Uh, everybody, uh, pastor, uh, we, are, we are going. We want to go and raise the dead. Everybody, almost, almost every ninety-five percent. Everybody is we. The prayer. Look at the intensity of the prayer. I mean, I, I mean, I saw the intensity of prayer. We were, we were praying not out of people. Nobody, we were not praying out of fear. Nobody were praying. Nobody was praying out of fear. Everybody was praying. This is God is able. We were praying with scriptures that you are so confident that you are ready, even in the midst of all the science and every knowledge that you do. But you say, ha, the God's word is true. If God is able to do this, in our love, in love, dominion, we have become so word-based that you are, your word-basedness has made it sometimes so for some. You become a, a little foolish. You're a little foolish. You know what I mean by a little foolish? You know, the suffering is there. Eh? I'm a word man. I'm a word man. Uh-uh. You are a word man. You are a word man. Call the next word person around you. They just call it. Call him. That's the way it works. It changes nothing. Look at what the way testimony was given today. He said, ah, this person gave me this word. 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 In the mouth of two or three witnesses, the truth is established. Look at something. Look at Hebrews. We go to that Hebrews and I'll round up with this. Next Sunday, we'll continue on the promise of life. Okay, today I just want to establish this part. Hebrews and chapter 11. Hebrews 11, go there. We never lose. You don't understand this thing. Eh? See, this kingdom thing, just understand first. Eh? There is no loss in our agenda. It's not there. At all. At all. It's not there. Oh. No, 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 no. We don't back out. Oh. We don't back out. At all. You, if you start with 15 minutes tongue, you go 30, you go one hour. You, go, you don't back out. You stay, you hold your ground still. That's the way it was. But look at it, look at Hebrews 11. I'm, I'm just going to pick out this part because of uh, my time. Amen. Hebrews 11. Because of time, we read, ah, Jesus, so many scriptures to mention. Oh, Hebrews 11.35. Five minutes, I think I should be done. Hebrews 11.35, are you there? So in the book of Hebrews 11, it's talking about those that by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, Right? But look at Hebrews 11.35. He said, by faith, women received their dead, raised to life again. In the same place, by faith, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. They were, they were tortured. They did not accept deliverance by faith. It is, it, it is in that same hall of faith. Why? That they might obtain a better resurrection. In that same, in one verse, in one verse, some by faith, God, this is what I'm trying to say, in short, there is no deposit and labor of love that is in vain. 
Okay, maybe you get it. Maybe you need to. I need to help us a little bit here. Ah, ah, ah. Because of time. This is it. Listen. No, see, if you talk in tongues for five minutes, eh, it's not in vain. It's not in vain. If you talk 10 minutes, uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> that one is not in vain, even than five. You now talk one hour. It's not in vain than two, than, than 10 minutes. You now are talking two hours consistently every day. It's never in vain. In the spirit, you are speaking mysteries. So the deposit of faith, your work of faith, is never in vain. That's why the Bible says, Bible says knowing that our labor of love is not in vain. Knowing, knowing, knowing that our labor of love, I repeat again, everybody, labor, knowing this, the Bible says God is not unjust to forget your works and your labor of love. So there's no unjust with God. So when you say in the name of Jesus, you release faith, it is not in vain. You are what you have prayed. So many of us praying, releasing power, releasing everything, it is not in vain. But the thing is this, some of us, sometimes, sometimes we don't, the orchestration and outcome of things, sometimes you don't often determine it how you get what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. I was saying this. I was saying this very important. Let me say this. Who could ever see, we don't when it comes to death, too. I'm talking about corporal death. We don't have all the informations. But we only have the information of resurrection. We don't have all the information. Who could ever think that in the in the Corinthian church, it is only communion that, that's making people sin, that make people die? Communion service. People say for this reason, many are dying. Paul said it. He said, for this reason, for this reason, many are weak, many are sick. Who could ever think it? Uh, are you going to say, in the Paul's church? Are you going to say, yeah? Paul said something in Philippians. He said, our brother, Epaphroditus, he said, he was sick nigh unto death. You know why? Why was he sick nigh unto death? Paul said, because of the church. In other words, it's very possible. Let me say this to you, everybody. It's very possible for me, or for a minister, to work themselves out and die. And let, let me say this to you. And there won't be the, the person will wait for better resurrection. Am I communicating to us here? The person will wait for better resurrection. It's simple. It's, uh, okay, why? When some say, well, God, why? God, why? People apostle Paul that they were killing. Apostles that they were that were they were preaching the gospel and they were killing them. They were dying. They, many of them were they were they burnt them on stake. On stake. Bought them, died. They were not driving jeep in those days. The sign of apostle is the suffering that you are carrying. In those days, and now the sign of apostle is they have the big, they have big jeepies. There's an apostle. <laughs> I'm not saying if anybody is driving apostle jeep, is not. I'm not. I'm not saying that. So okay, don't quote me wrong. I'm just saying that in those days, you know, you know that this is an apostle. Ah, uh, but how many bruises he has received in his head? Stone. Paul said he said he received latches. Stone, where we are stoned him. He, he said he was in the deep of the sea. Forty nights. Fasting. Not fasting and praying. Not fasting. Fasting and praying like we want to fast and pray. Fasting because he's hiding in the bush and there's no meat. There's no food to eat. He's the composite fast. That's it. That's the concept. Of, that's the fasting. Of, of, there's a fasting of fasting and prayer. But the fasting that Paul was mentioning in that context, the first Corinthians there, is the fasting of the fact that, ah, Man, night and day we were. Ah. I, you know, and and do, you, do you know what man of all we do today? Say, ah, how can God be using you? And yet, you are, you are, I mean, you cannot even, there's no expression. Are you, are you, see, you see how we define how God is going to use a man? 
We already defined that if this person has this company, this, this, and he wears the collar, he's a man of God. It is true, I understand what a generation we are. But in those days, this is how the new apostles say. I'm saying, that's how the new apostles Paul said, he said, we are the last. He said, we are the last. <laughs> hey, man. Are we together here? Yeah. He said, women received their death back to life. Others, in the same verse, others were tortured. Not accept, they didn't accept deliverance. They were apostles and said, people that died for the name of Jesus, for the sake of Jesus, we should ask God why. If that's the way, if we must ask that question, why did you allow them to die? Can I swear say that? I'm talking about people who carry the power of God, who are carrying the power of God, go, 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 who are preaching the gospel. They are dying for the sake of Christ. You know why? Because there's a better resurrection. It's unstoppable. It's coming. It's at the endless expectations. I wait. Now look at I'm, I'm running on with this. Job, 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 Job. Job. Job and chapter 19, verse 23. I'll round up. Ah, thank God I'm rounding up because if I didn't round up with this, it would be oh no no. Thank you, Jesus. Romans, uh, Job, brother. Are you there? Job 19. You know, Job, if I want to encourage us to read the book of Job. Job, the book of Job is an interesting book because the man, his four, his four friends or three, three to four about, came to him, men of God. I haven't seen him what he's going through. They came to talk to him with scriptures. These are priests in their own right. They came. They were, the things that were, they were telling Job, maybe it's because we have sinned. Ah, because ah, it's not possible this thing to happen to nobody. Even nobody ah, yeah, your son, all of them die one day. Something you must, something must, you must have done something. Ah. And I said, ah, ah, this and this and this and that. This even man dies, shall he live? All they were saying, all kind of, the beginning of the beginning is small, but some of them will mix encouragement with it and come also. The man, so as in, you know that that moment where things happen to you and your friends are speaking words, and you say, ah, and I didn't know, and I tried, oh my, I was even doing sacrifice every night. In your mind, you are thinking, ah, we won't hold fellowship at home. But, but yeah, you know, at the end of Job's case, when God attended, Job, God told Job, He said, you have to do sacrifice for your friends. What is she so? And so they have said things. He said, do sacrifice for them. I mean, do they, they, because they have they, what they said. Some things they were off, they were right, some things they were off point. Okay, they were, most of the things they were saying, they were off point. That's why sometimes when people quote some scriptures, they used to quote Job's friends. It's good, it's not bad. Because those guys also feel the spirit. They said some things, but you have to read the entire book to know. Uh -uh, you know. But I love what Job said. In that verse, you know, so Job has said many things before now, but I would have loved you. I want to encourage you to read it. Job said, hmm. he said, I wish, I wish my words that I'm about to say, I wish it's in marbles. I wish it's engraved, it's engraved, look at it, okay. All that my words were written. All that they were printed in book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that they were graven with an iron pen. Yeah, yeah. Laid in the rock forever. So I'm about to say something. I wish you can put this that it cannot be erased forever. What is the next one? He said, What? What is it? What is the word? For I know that is the word I said. For I know.